With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Welcome into Tuesday's podcast live from Cowboys training camp. I'll give you my thoughts on Dak Prescott looking for $40 million a season. Plus, we'll talk with Jason Witten, Travis Frederick, and Leighton Vander Esch. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers at Farmers. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay to the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Well, welcome. It's Doug Gottlieb Show live here at Dallas Cowboys Training Camp, completing our training camp tour for the... uh, one to third consecutive year. We've gotten a chance to see the Rams in person, defending NFC champions, uh, the Chargers in person, team that tied for the best record in uh, in the AFC last year and lost to the New England Patriots in the second round of the playoffs, and the Dallas Cowboys, who, of course, are some people's preseason favorites to reach the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And, of course, they're without their star running back. They have their star quarterback. They're looking to re-sign him and his wide receiver. There's a lot going on with the Dallas Cowboys we'll, we'll jump into. Uh, by the way, we're going to catch up with Jason Witten, who, of course, retired 
for one season, then came out of retirement. He's back with the Pokes. We'll get his sense of all the things that are the same, all the things that have changed in his one year away from not just Cowboys, but Oxnard. Uh, what, what's this training camp like for him? Uh, we'll talk some broadcasting, do a little bit of everything with, with Jason Witten. Plus, we got some Andrew Luck for you, um, how the Pittsburgh Steelers have won the weekend with the wild and zaniness that's going on out in Oakland. Uh, the NCAA doing a quality backpedal. Like, we got a lot of, a lot of stuff to get to, plus some preseason thoughts. We get ready for week two of the preseason. But, but let's start where we are here, the Dallas Cowboys. So yesterday, the story leaks that Dak Prescott has reportedly turned down a deal that's worth 30 a year because he wants 40 a year. Now, in fairness, it's all negotiation, right? Like, you can throw out any sort of number, and this used to happen with Scott Boris clients. I mean, heck, even happened this past offseason with Bryce Harper. Did the Phillies actually get a deal? Well, no, they spent over $300 million, but there was thoughts that he would make $500 million. So I guess maybe, maybe that's a deal. The issue with, with Dak Prescott is really this, is we're sitting here on the precipice of a season, one which he still will be uh, undercompensated based upon what his job normally pays. And that, by the way, is supposedly the Cowboys' fault. Like, right? like the Cowboys nailed the draft. Dak Prescott got a DUI before the draft. And because Dak Prescott was sloppy and at times inaccurate, in spite of having an incredibly successful uh, college career at Mississippi State, like it's the Cowboys' fault? Like they have to repay him because he was Johnny on the spot when Tony Romo goes down with injury and his backup goes down with an injury and he gets an opportunity? Like, uh, uh, okay, I guess. I'd, I don't frankly understand that logic. I always thought that the thing about the NFL and the NFL's contracts which were great, is they paid you, usually they pay you based upon what they think you are worth during the time in which you're playing for that team, right? Like baseball, sometimes they pay you for, for the past and they pay you way too much too long into the future and you don't live up to it. NFL contracts, while people tell you they aren't guaranteed, usually it's the first year, two, three years that are guaranteed and that's really the meat of where you're going to be successful. Quarterbacks, obviously, is ex- exclusion. But if I'm the Cowboys, this is such a risk worth taking if he wants to walk from it. If he wants to walk with the idea of, hey, overpaying me by 5 or $6 million to get to 30 isn't enough. I want you to overpay me by 10 or $15 million is, like, I'm the Cowboys. I'm okay with that. And look, Dak has done the right thing. Unlike Zeke, not showing it. Like, you want to lead, you want to be the Cowboys quarterback, you have to be here. Because you put yourself in an impossible situation to live up to any contract if you no-show on camp. Uh, running back's obviously a little, a little different, but you do run the risk, at least, of soft tissue injury, of not being yourself, not being sharp. And by the way, cost your team games, which is the ultimate selfishness in, in the team game. But, but I, I look at this and I say, if I'm the Cowboys, I don't have to pay you for the first couple years in which you were underpaid. Don't have to. I may, out of the goodness of my heart, and honestly, getting to $30 million is, is overpaying. Um, and, and this is not a I'm overpaying based upon the fact that he's not just an elite quarterback. I think you're overpaying because the key to the Cowboys' rise to prominence, they had a great quarterback. 
They had a great wide receiver. They had a great tight end. They've had good running backs. The difference is the depth of talent, the offensive line and on the defense, and that has been able, that that has been allowed based upon their ability to spread the wealth. Like, we're all paying attention to the same thing, right? There's one pool of money, and if you put too much into Dak's basket, you have to eliminate something else, and if you eliminate that one other thing, he might not, he's not good enough to carry you. Romo was, but even if Romo, and I think he's better quarterback, just more brittle, obviously, but even Romo couldn't win because... He didn't have the defense around him. Just didn't. Never had the, When they had the defense, they were a playoff team. When they didn't, they weren't. Really that simple. So I can like Dak. I can understand and respect that he wants to be paid and overcompensated based upon the fact he was undercompensated to be a starting quarterback on a team that twice uh, won the division. Fine. We also know that he's not the reason they won the division. Right? Like, we're all being realistic about this. They weren't going to win the division, and then the Washington Redskins lost not one, but both of their quarterbacks because they broke their ankle, broke their leg. Carson Wentz got hurt coming off an ACL. And the New York Giants have been an abject and complete disaster riding out this wave of Eli Manning. Like, they, yes, you can sit there and go like, well, they won their division. They did. But the Redskins were actually winning the division when, oh, yeah, by the way, the Cowboys went and traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. You know, this is, this feels like, it feels like politics. I'll never forget this. I was, um, I still at times appear in Oklahoma City on a sports radio station there. And before President Obama was elected, uh, there's a guy named Jim Trabery does afternoons there, hardcore right-winger. And I sat down next to him, and we're talking on air about the upcoming political season. And I said, well, a Democrat's going to win. He's like, well, why, 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 why do you say that? You know, he, he got really hot and bothered. And I said, look, this is politics, how it works, right? Like, we swing to the right. Everybody on the left gets empowered, tells you everything that's wrong. With what's doing, and then we swing to the left. And then it becomes too much to the left and too all about, you know, almost pitched as socialism and trying to fix everything and help everybody and business kind of locks down, doesn't spend any money. Then we swing to the right. And it's a, it's a cycle of over and over and over again. We keep doing it in relationships. You have cycles, right? In, 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 in coaching, how many times you had a coach? If you have an offensive coach, he gets fired. What's the next guy going to be defensive coach, right? If the guy before is inexperienced, the next guy is going to have way, a ton of experience. And if you hire like an old head that's got a ton of experience, the next look at the look at the Rams. Look at the Rams. Who did they hire? They went from hiring Jeff Fisher, who's been doing it forever, super boring, super solid. Nobody says anything bad. Nobody says anything great. He's not super innovative, but he does a good job. Like I remember Jeff Fisher. You know he's moved a team before. That was a big thing when they with the Rams. Like, he's moved a team before. Like, he's not a mover. He's not a realtor. He's a football coach. How good a football coach is he? But they went from that to the most dynamic offensive mind, the youngest coach in the league. Right? That's what people do. That's how the pendulum swings. So, here with the, Ra- Ra- with, the, with the Cowboys, excuse me, that's what it feels like. You go from massively underpaying Dak Prescott to massively overpaying Dak Prescott. And what comes with it, you lose some pieces. Your assumption is he's an elite quarterback because he's making elite quarterback money. Don't believe me? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is the same quarterback he was before he got hurt 
after he got hurt, before he won the Super Bowl, after he got the Super Bowl. What changed in Baltimore? They won a Super Bowl. He got a big contract. People's expectations of him changed. So, uh, whether it's dating or coaching or, or playing, we, the pendulum swings. And I feel like we know the Cowboys are ultimately going to give in and going to ultimately relent because that's kind of their modus operandi, which is they try and be as super player-friendly as possible. They love their guys even more than you love their guys. But I do think they're actually in a great spot here. If he wants to bet on himself, fine. In the meantime, worry about other deals. Know you got Dak. Know you got got Dak. But I think that's what should actually happen. We'll catch up with Jason Witten, who's basically like a ring of honor dude who came out of retirement to come play for the Cowboys. How does his body feel? How is the offense? It's a different offense than the one he played in last time. And uh, we'll get his sense of how Dak looks now as opposed to when he played with Dak during his rookie and Dak's second season. That's upcoming next, live from Dallas Cowboys training camp. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote you've put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We roll on here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Getting ready to listen to Jason Garrett speak live. Uh, but uh, what a pleasure it is to catch up with one of the all-time great Dallas Cowboys who was getting ready for the Ring of Honor coronation, I guess. <laughs> and instead to say, you know, let's let's go back and let's let's run it back. Let's do it again. Jason Witten from wearing the star to the booth to back wearing a star. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Enjoying every day. I think uh, it's been a lot of fun. And this is always a good time. You know, I mean, it's a grind, as you all know, but it's also a good time when the team comes together. You know, and you, you, when you go through the journey, you think back at these moments. So if that's been a good two weeks, obviously we've got a lot to improve on. Well, look, there's a, there's a ton I want to ask you about. But first, I guess, how does your body feel? Like, because there is shape and then there is football shape, yeah. right? And to those of us who have played sports, like, you could even, like football, you can't really play with your boys. But you can go play basketball, but then you go and have, like, a real workout. Yeah. And your body, like, how, how are you now a couple weeks in? I feel good, you know. I mean, I feel like I'm always hesitant to say that because all old players, you know, as they're at the, towards the end of their career, like, ah, oh, this is the best I felt. This is the best I felt. Um, and, and truly, I think that year off helped me. And then making the decision in March was was huge because now I got the entire off season. Up, yeah. and I felt like I was building towards this, you know. And so I haven't had a moment this entire off season, especially this training camp, where I'm like, dang, I don't know how I'm gonna get through the day. You know, this is gonna be a grinder. Uh, haven't felt that, and that's probably what it was so hard when I did retire. I mean, I, I, I didn't feel like oh, I can't produce, I can't win on one-on-one matchups. I mean, I know what my role is within this offense and convert some third downs and make some first downs and help this team win some games. So uh, I'm fortunate that I play a position for whatever drop-off I probably have had in, over the course of my career. You know, my game was never really built on those certain things. And so I feel confident that, you know, I can play just as well as I've, as I've ever played. And whatever role that is, it'll work itself out. Yeah, it's Antonio Gates. You know, we talk, we do the Chargers camp every year. Yeah. We talk to them. And, you know, last year this time he was sitting out. They're like, look, you know, at some point, tight end, you're not built on speed. You're right. It's about understanding angles and and reading the defense and, you know, like just catch it where it thro- it's thrown to you and, and relationship-wise. If you could do it again, would you? <laughs> Uh, that's the the ultimate question, you know. I mean, I uh, I've tried really hard in my life never to like look back. I mean, there's been challenges, adversity my entire life to never look back, and and honestly, I learned a lot yeah. last year through that experience. So, um, I, I'd say no, you know. I mean, in, in the fact of if you told me that, that was going to be my last football game and and I didn't know I was going to have this opportunity again, then I'd say yes, I made a mistake because I was not ready to retire. I was not ready to stop competing. I was not ready to um, – you know, winning and losing mattered to me still. I felt like there was something in me I could give to a football team. And so if I, if I didn't have this opportunity again on the other side, then, yeah, it was the wrong decision because my heart wasn't ready to give it up. Um, 
But knowing that, I think I'm a better player having gone through that season and the experience in the booth. Why? What, 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 did, you, what did you learn from not playing, from, from going around the league, watching, was it eight training camps, yeah. and then you know, going to all the sites? What, what, do you, what did you pick up? Well, I think the first thing is just internally. You know, the old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I mean, the fact of how much I love this game. And I truly, I mean, if you ask my teammates over the course, I mean, I was a guy that really tried to master his craft every day. So not from the moments of that, but... You know, you're so engulfed in being the best, you know, that sometimes you don't take a step back and smell the roses a little bit. Um, but but then that, that would be the first part of having another opportunity and enjoying every part of that process that goes into it. And however long it lasts, you know, nobody knows. It's a, it's a show-me game, and, and i got to be able to produce. Um, but going to these other teams and seeing how they put together a team and do that in an unemotional way. You know, people always say, like, when you're evaluating players or teams – you always, most people have a jaded perspective when they're doing it. And right. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity Monday Night Football to go in there and really pull back, kind of have a 30,000-foot view of it and say, like, you know, people would always form narratives on it. And, like, you're able to kind of say, well, no, really what they were trying to do was this. And, and a great example of that was first game I called was the Oakland Raiders and against the Rams last year, week one. And so I kind of was hearing the hype of Sean McVay and to see, I'm like, wow, these are things that he does really well and it paid off for him. But then on the Oakland side of it, they traded Cleo Mack right before that first week. So I got to hear Oakland's side of it. You know, John Gruden, uh, the ownership of why they traded that away, what they felt like they got. And then the next week you called the Bears. And now you're hearing their perspective of their coaching staff and their general manager say, well, this is why we made that trade. And you catch yourself and like, man, that's interesting. What would I have done in that situation? And so from an overwhelming like football knowledge and understanding uh, it's a great perspective. And now I bring that back of how can I apply that and help it, help our football team. You had a gap year at 37, 36 years yeah. old, right? Like You had a gap year. You got to go kind of study abroad, if you will. That's Jason right. Witten joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here live at Dallas Cowboys training camp. When you left, uh, Dak had come off, I think what would people would seem a disappointing year, but a hard year, right? Because he and Dez, Dez was seemingly aging, and there was some frustration there in terms of them, in, their inability to connect in comparison to how he and Tony always connected. It was also the year where Zeke was suspended, and you guys fell off when he missed six games. Um, and, you know, there were some other injuries and some other issues that led to you not having a great year. Fast forward now, what is it, uh, two years later. Yeah. And now you're in training camp, and now Dak's been the guy. He's obviously in a contract renegotiation, but as just as a player and playing within his offense and in a new offense, that's yeah. one thing that's lost is it's a new offense. What is Dak like now in comparison to how he was two years ago? Well, the first thing I would say is just, I mean, he's always been, since minute one he got here, off the charts with all the intangibles. I mean, when you say teammates would run through a wall for him, every guy in that locker room does, would do that. And, and that matters. That matters in today's game. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people just say, give me the best players and get out of the way. I, I really believe that that part matters to your football team. And then offensively, I think he just, his understanding, I mean, he's performed at a high level, right? I mean, he's made the playoffs two out of three seasons that he's been the quarterback, nine and seven the other year. So he's produced at a high level. I mean, his record speaks for itself. But I just think when you talk about mastering your craft, it's all the things that go into a split, alignment, tempo in and out of the huddle. But then his ability to kind of anticipate throws, the velocities he's throwing it. Hey, I'm trying to get that to you sooner before that corner can unfold and, and make a play. So just coverage and anticipation of the, of the game. You know, it's a fast game, certainly a quarterback. I think the best ones 
throw you open. Yeah. They they see it beforehand. They understand risk first reward and and uh, so his ability to create and do all these things outside the pocket I think speaks for itself. He's definitely a winner from that standpoint. But I'm talking inside the pocket. His understanding of this offense and demanding everybody else perform at a higher level uh, I, I think is off the charts. It's always been at a high level, but I can see huge improvement. What is the biggest difference in the offense? Well, time will tell, but I think, um, you know, first thing I would say, I mean, the core of this offense is very similar. Um, I, I think... Which, 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 is, which is what? Because last year, I'll just tell you how they spun it to us last yeah. year. Last year we come here and they're like, look, this whole number one wide receiver thing, having an elite tight end, like we're just going to find the mismatch yeah. and we're going we're gonna to have different formations and find the mismatch and pick. And, and obviously there just wasn't enough mismatches yeah. and they had to bring in Amari and I obviously didn't have you to fall back on. Um, but is the core of the offense, is it's running the football? Like what's the core, when you say the core of the offense, yeah, same, I, what is it? I, I think it is the identity is to be a attacking offense that's established through its running game. <laughs> You know, and what may be different now than probably, you know, the last years, a few years past was I, I don't think that it always has to be run, set up, pass. I think it's like when you're going to attack, you can pass, set up the run. You know, I mean, they do need to mirror each other and, and be married, married up from the standpoint of runs look like pass, pass looks like run. Yeah. That's very elementary from that standpoint. But I, I think, you know. What I think this offense understands is when you have this style of we're going to control the line of scrimmage, you know, run action, play action, downhill with Ezekiel Elliott, um, a handful of plays, you know, matter. You know, and I think when you look at when we won the time of possession, or I should say they last year, I think the record was like 8-0 when they won the time of possession uh, for the game. So that doesn't just mean running the football. I think it's an attacking offense when that happens. Uh, but within that formula, there has to be big plays that come into it. Explosive. You can't just think that you're going to go on 16-play, 80-yard drives, and right. we're not immune to that. And I think that's where Kellen comes in. I think Kellen's done a good job of attacking in certain situations. Hey, they're doing this. We need to do this, adjusting off of it. So I, I, I think when you look at the really good coordinators or play callers in this league and offenses as a whole, because it's not always just about the play caller, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes matters. You know, Tom Brady matters. I mean, different playmakers, Travis Kelsey, yeah, that matters. Um, but I think when you look at it, it's like there's four to six plays that are game-changing plays. Right. And you're not going to hit on all of them. But when I look at Sean McVay's system or I look at Andy Reid and different offenses, in our offense at times when it's performing at a high level, there's like these handful of plays like they had no chance on that play, the right. defense. And I think that's where you're always trying to get back to. It starts with Amari Cooper. Obviously, it starts with the running game. We feel like we have weapons. Uh, and then you find in these wrinkles. I mean, Gallup's coming on in his second year. Um, Randall Cobb is a huge addition. You know, hopefully I can convert some third downs. You know, Tony Pollard will be a new guy to that. So – I think that's the core of this offense, Kellen's feel of adjustments, how all that fits in. RPO games, a big part of that. Shifts and motions, hiding some of those looks is a big part of it. And then, you know, creating matchups, you know, to where we can take advantage of, of what the defense is giving us. And people always say, like, well, you know, they don't know his tendencies yet. You know, like a new coordinator, right. it'll be some new wrinkles. I mean, they'll find out. What, what people mean by that is what I'm trying to say is, like, what are those four to six plays look like 
when we haven't seen them in the past, you know, and, and uh, hopefully they work out in a positive way for us. I mean, us. is it exciting? I mean, is it because there, there's some new newness? I mean, he's, Kellen's obviously very young. Yeah. Comes, you know, Boise State and obviously spending time here in, in the league. Like, it, it feels like there's a, like a little bit more of a creative look at some of the same things you've been trying to do. Yeah, and I mean, you know, some of them are uh, sample sizes of it, you know. I mean, you're not seeing a ton of it at different times, and I think it's – all going to evolve. It's always evolving. And you look what Andy Reid's done with that offense in Kansas City. So um, I think it helps when you have really good players. Yes. And then it starts with Dak's ability. I think he's just at another level with the throwing of the football and how he's creating these plays. Because you start throwing in zone reads and now RPOs and bootlegs outside the pocket. But then also, you, you, you're, you know, Amari Cooper's been great in the quick game. I mean, he's a hard matchup in one-on-one. So, I mean, all that kind of coming together, I think it's a powerful offense. But you can't just rely on, oh, we're good up front, we're going to win it, and Zeke's going to carry us there. I mean, certainly Zeke's a huge part of that, but um, that's what you're trying to figure out. Speaking of, speaking of Zeke, um, obviously not your first camp. Yeah. So not your first Dallas Cowboy camp with a holdout. <laughs> no question. Or with contract discussions. Does it in any way invade – the the meeting rooms that like all of this other talk because i'll just tell you like twitter airwaves and what we do yeah. it's all we talk about yeah what about w- within the insular world of the dallas cowboys do you guys hear or talk about it very little does it affect your team i mean i think this team's unique in that guys genuinely care about others so i mean you know obviously players want to get see other players get paid and work out um you know it really hasn't been – it's been a non-issue for our football team. I mean, first off, I think camp's a time of individually, what can I improve on? Collectively, what can we improve on? And you know that's lingering out there and it's going through. But I don't know. I, I just – maybe it's just my confidence in this organization. of Like, hey, look, when they have a really good player and they say they want to try to get something done, it usually works out. Right. And, you know, it just makes sense. I mean, Zeke wants to be here. They want him here. Um you know, at some point it doesn't need There's to happen. Limit, right. You know what I mean? Like the further along this goes, I mean, I think we all need reps. And no matter what kind of training, and I trust that Zeke's doing a lot of good training. There's nothing like playing football. And uh, so you hope it's sooner than later. But really, it's been a non-issue for our football team. And I think that starts with just kind of who those guys are. They're a big part of our team. I mean, nobody loves playing and practicing like Zeke does. You know, I mean, Dax here, Amari, how they approach it. So kind of been a non-issue for us and and I I think this team when you play for this organization you know it's the bright light if you get caught up in every little thing that happens I mean you're never going to accomplish what you hope to and I mean he's a huge part of this football team last thing how likely is this your last training camp oh I don't know I mean I think at, at this point you know it's I didn't when I came back I never said okay I'm playing one year if we win the Super Bowl I'm done you know like that's not entered my mind I mean I've truly Going back to the Monday Night Football, I never even thought about broadcasting. You know, just like, okay, you know, in real time, like then, you're, you're then in that situation. Happens things and, happens. Uh, yeah. Like, I got to take this, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think 95% of the people would probably do the same exact 90, thing. 99. Yeah. Um, but so, look, nobody's standards for myself are higher than what I put on, uh, put on me, you know? And, and I think... When you approach it that way, it's like you're going to know when it's time, right. you know, and it's like as long as I can play at a high level, and that's a good question, you know, will you be able to perform at that level? I hear that a lot, and it's like, well, I'm trusting myself that I'm putting in that work that's going to allow me to be successful in that situation. So very much could be my last training camp, but also, you know, could keep it going. But regardless, um, 
I, I really try not to think about that, you know, and it's like, hey, go enjoy the day after you've gone through what I've been through as far as like retiring and then coming back, you know, just if there's one thing, it's, it's kind of keep planting grass, you know, and like, don't worry about all the other things going on. Just keep planting grass. And if you do that, the weeds will disappear. Jason Witten, Dallas Cowboys, back in the star. Thanks so much. All right, appreciate it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote you've put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com to see their general tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. We'll catch up with Cowboys center Travis Frederick coming up in about five minutes. It's Doug Gottlieb Show live from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Until then, let's get to a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, Dan Byer, what do you got, my friend? Doug, the game today is... What are the chances? What are the chances, Doug, that Dak Prescott gets his contract before Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, I think pretty good. I would say in the 70% variety. 
Uh, I think he'll be rewarded for being here. I think he'll be rewarded because he's the Cowboys quarterback. I think that was always part of the plan to get the deal done. I think 70% chance he gets it done first. All right, we'll keep on the Zeke theme of this. What are the chances that Ezekiel Elliott leads the NFL in rushing again, has done it two out of the last three seasons? Um, I think... Uh, I think in the in the hmm, the I'm going to go forty percent. Okay, forty forty percent. I was going to throw a bunch of scenarios because obviously if he misses, he misses games, a game, it's hard. Yeah. It's yes. not impossible if he misses a game no. because even if he played, you know, you could have you could play fifteen games or something, right? Yes, play fifteen games and sit out that last game, get ready for the playoffs. So it's not impossible. Um, I told you before. I think Christian McCaffrey has a chance. I think Le'Veon Bell. They're going to use they can use him a ton. Uh, obviously, um, the Giants. Even though the Giants feel like they'll be behind a lot, they've shown the use, they'll use Saquon Barkley. Like I and maybe there's probably one or two others we're not thinking of that'll be in that conversation. But look, there are not a lot of teams that are as committed to running the football as Dallas Cowboys are, and not a lot of running backs as good as Zeke Elliott, assuming he's back with the Cowboys and their offensive line. It's a pretty good shot. I'll say 40%. Led the NFL in rushing last year in 15 games. So at least he has that going for him if he misses any regular season action. Okay, Doug, what are the chances that these Dallas Cowboys that we are at training camp right now win the NFC East? I'm going to say 45%. Okay. Right. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh-huh. 45% for the Cowboys, 45% for the Eagles, and 10 for the Redskins? No, I would say okay. about 50% for the Eagles. Okay. 45% for the Cowboys, and 5 for the Eagles. I'd have to Red- just leave it up to the possibility. Sure. That, that may be high. Sure. That may be high. Like, I could, I, I, I just don't think the Redskins have a legit shot. I just don't think the Giants have a legit shot. But I have to give them some sort of percentage. So maybe I'll go, I'll creep it up to like 48 and then give it. You know, 1.5% Redskins, 0.5% Cowboys. Some news on the Giants is Golden Tate has his appeal denied, so he will have to serve that four-game suspension to start the season. What are the chances, Doug, these Dallas Cowboys go to Super Bowl 54? Uh, Not win it. I'm gonna just go, be there. Yeah, I'm going to go in the... 15% variety, okay. which is a better percentage than you would think. You know, you, you have the Rams who went to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you have, I think, the, the Vikings, the, the uh, Packers, and the Bears are all viable playoff teams. Um, I think in the NFC South, you have the Saints. Um, we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers, and you have the Atlanta Falcons. So, And then the San Francisco 49ers. Like, these are all play, teams with possibilities. Sure. Cowboys are probably the third biggest favorite, you know, next to the Rams and Eagles. And because of that, I would, I would, I would put them at at fifteen percent. Yeah, I mean, this this division is going to be a two team race, but I don't think anybody would be shocked. I don't think anybody would be shocked if both Dallas and Philadelphia represent, and then the other three divisions can sort out the other four spots. All right, so the Cowboys this weekend will be traveling to Hawaii to take on the Los Angeles Rams. So they'll be wrapping up training camp here on Thursday in Oxnard. So, Doug, what are the chances that the Pro Bowl ever returns to Hawaii? Now, there was talk about the Pro Bowl maybe being in Las Vegas, in L.A. in future years when the stadiums are done. But what about the Pro Bowl ever going back to Hawaii? Uh, I'm going to say 10% chance. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's... I'm like, look, the 
The NFL Network is going to be based in the new LA stadium. Vegas is going to have a stadium. I, I just, it's, it's logistically a lot to get out there. The stadium hasn't been updated, you know? And as much as it's a trip to Hawaii, like, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, look, they're hanging on by a thread just to keep the Pro Bowl around. I think it stays around because people still do watch it, but it is not nearly what it used to be or how it used to be dubbed. So I would say... I would say 10% chance. I think this is the way to go about it as well as the uh, the Cowboys and Rams will be playing preseason football there. Yeah, I think that this is a really, really smart way to go when it comes to uh, getting football, at least on the, the islands, if you will. And that's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, l- let's catch up with one of the star offensive linemen from uh, from um, from the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, uh, last year he was suffering from a neurological disorder, and now he's back and fully healthy. And he's Travis Frederick. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How are you feeling? I'm doing well. How are you guys? T- take, me, take me through kind of this journey for you. Yeah, it's been a, a long journey. Very interesting. You know, it goes, starts from figuring out what's going on and um, kind of falling into into it and then trying to get better from it and recover from it. And um, it's been a lot of time spent, uh, you know, in the weight room and that getting ready there, but also, you know, in the meeting rooms, trying to help the guys out and, and that. And then uh, you know, come back to training camp, trying to figure out uh, how to play ball again. You, you mentioned the weight room and trying to get back to where you needed to be. What was the how bad was it? when you first got back after it? Oh, uh, I mean, from the beginning, it was like, it was very bad. Like, I was having a hard time walking, let alone lifting weights. So um, getting back in the weight room, trying to do things, you know, you're, you're lifting weights that I could have lifted when I was 10 years old. Um, but you just kept pushing on it and pushing on it and taking what was, you know, what was given. And as my body was recovering, just taking a little bit more and then, you know, getting back to uh, full strength. When was the moment where you th- where you were really, this is going to, because everybody, and I, like you, look, you wouldn't have pushed yourself if not for an indomitable will, right? Not unless you had that belief in yourself that you could come back. But there had to be a moment of affirmation, wasn't there, where you're like, oh, this is, this is going to be okay. Things started to really take a turn right around bye week last year. Um, you know, I was kind of in a dark hole for a while there, but um, the recovery started, and uh, it, it started to make some bigger, more significant gains. And I think that was the moment when I knew that I was at least going to get close back to, to full strength. Travis Frederick joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so what's what's this group like as opposed to previous groups you played with? You know, this is a great group of guys, and I'm really excited to be with them. Uh, not only f- from a team aspect, but offensively and as an offensive line, you know. Um, I've been really pleased with the, with the work that uh, the offense has done, you know, with Coach Moore coming in, making a few changes um, and getting that all figured out. Um, the install has been clean. It's been good. And, and guys have really focused in on it and, and, and try to take advantage of those changes. So, you know, I'm excited to get out there, you know, in the regular season and, and get moving with it. Is it is it challenging at all to not have your running back? You know, I think that uh, most of our system is very similar to what we'd been doing before. The, the changes are, you know, schematically uh, bigger fixtures type of stuff. So a lot of the stuff is the same. And, and so our job in as an offensive line is to block it a certain way, no matter who the runner is, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter what is going on in the wide receiver position as well. So for us, it doesn't really change anything at this point. You, you mentioned Coach Moore. You have him. He's younger, but he's also a former quarterback. D- does that change in terms of his ability to understand what you have to do and how each play should be blocked? 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting seeing the perspective from somebody that's that's been in it and seen it like that, um, and and very recently as well. You know, I, it was just a couple of years ago. I was sitting on the bench next to him, and uh, so that's always a that's a fun thing that you know we've seen the game together. He was played quarterback behind me, so we have an idea, um, and we're on the same page. And so when you have that sort of fresh experience, I think that that really helps in connecting with the quarterback, connecting with the young offense, and knowing uh, the challenges of today's. You know, NFL. What about the challenges of the fact that you did play together, right? Like he, he's, I'm not necessarily your boss, but he is telling you what to do. Yeah. And you, you're like, look, dude, we're contemporaries. What, what about that challenge? You know, it's interesting, um, but it's also, it, it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic because, you know, in the NFL, it's different than college. It's different than high school. When you're in high school, the coach is, is the end all be all. When you're in college, uh, the coach is the boss, and that's, and and that's kind of that way here. But also, um, it really is a team effort at all points. You know, the coaches have have a specific job, the players have a job, the staff people have a job, the executives have a job. But we all feel like we're really on the same team and trying to work together. And I think uh, Coach Moore's done a great job of sort of embracing that and and doing it as a team taking input from the offensive line. Hey, hey, Trav, why don't we block it this way? Or what do you think about this? And I'll tell him, well, here's our challenge. We'd be happy to do it however you want to do it. Um, but this is the implication of, of that change. And so um, just by being able to have that conversation, it allows us to sort of expand and um, think about things in a different way. Uh, last thing, uh, you know, we talked with Wit about, about Dak. And I asked him about the difference in, you know, not being here last year and, and how much he's changed. Mm-hmm. Similarly for you, obviously, uh, with all of your challenges last year, it, it was time away from playing with him. How is he different? How is he better? Is he worse in comparison to last time you are in training camp with him? You know, it's hard for me to evaluate a quarterback on the quarterback position. Um, but what I can evaluate is the way that he leads the team, the way he carries himself, um, the way that the offense runs while he's in there. And all of those things seem just so much more comfortable and uh you know, um, all the gears are all sort of Seamless. going in the same direction. Yeah. Um, whereas sometimes, you know, with younger guys, you know, it might be skipping a beat every once in a while. And I think that things have really, he's really settled into the offense and feels really comfortable with it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really interesting for me to see him grow last year. You know, I was kind of on the sideline, but I was still in it. I was um, as involved as, as you can be for not being, being out there on the field. And um, to see him grow, um, and be able to handle some of the protection stuff and see a little bit more what the offensive line is seeing because I wasn't out there handling it. Um, I think that that really helped bridge the gap too between the quarterback and offensive line. And I, I think that as an offense, um, he's done a good job of bringing everybody together. Really quickly, did you play the, the backup lineman played like sixty-two snaps? Did you play against against the uh, Niners? Yeah, I played uh, just that first series. So How, nine snaps. What's it What's it like to get back out there? Oh, uh, it's great. I mean, that's a great feeling uh, after everything I've been through to be able to go back out there and play football uh, professionally is a it's a really special deal welcome back obviously a huge part of what the cowboys do and want to do this season thanks so much for joining us yeah thanks for having me travis frederick back uh, uh where wow amazing considering the journey from last season this is the doug gottlieb show here on fox sports radio coming up next uh we will well, we will get you uh, ready for the Antonio Brown story. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from sunny, beautiful, breezy Oxnard, California, which is basically... I don't know, midway in between Santa Barbara and Los Angeles, right? 
I mean, probably close to Santa Barbara or whatever, but the point is that if you're driving up the 101 from L.A. Uh, to Santa Barbara, you come down the hill and you see Camarillo, and you're like, oh, okay. Strawberry fields, beautiful area. I can see a little ocean. And then off close to the ocean is, in fact, Oxnard, your way up to Ventura, then ultimately to Carpinteria, ultimately to, to Santa Barbara. So that, that's, what, that's where we are. It's our third stop on the training camp tour. It's brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay to the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. We talk with uh, Jason Witten. And Travis Frederick already, if you missed either of those two conversations, either of those two, um, what you should do is download the Doug Gottlieb Show at any time. Go to iTunes, download wherever you download podcasts. Uh, and Leighton Vanderesh is going to join us next hour. So more Dallas Cowboys to come through here. But Jason Wynn was great. So too was uh, Travis Frederick. Both weren't here last year. So to get their perspective as Cowboys who were not in camp last year is kind of fascinating. And... It does feel like a calmer camp. Last year, if you remember, uh, no Frederick, that was an issue, no Jason Witten, and it felt like there was a new guard kind of taking over, and it might have been too much too soon. might have been too much too soon, and uh, obviously the offense got off to its struggles with offensive line inadequacies, not a breakthrough wide receiver, and it hurt at times Zeke's production. Dak Prescott struggled, then they added Amari Cooper, and they seemed to take off. Now you bring back Jason Witten, you bring back Travis Frederick, and you feel like you're fully healthy. Uh, there are if, if Zeke ultimately ends up in camp or ultimately ends up in a Cowboys uniform, this is a loaded, loaded team. Um, now, they it's funny, Jason Witten was talking about his first game for Monday Night Football was the Rams versus the Raiders, and last year the Raiders, week one of the season, had just traded away Khalil Mack. And what what they get in return, draft picks and draft picks galore, but also cap space to eventually trade and sign an extension for Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is back in camp today. His feet are still sore, but he's back in camp today. But the bigger story is that he's apparently looking for a special edition 2010 helmet. Right? Now, and, and I'm understanding of guys are, you know, with baseball players, your glove or your mitt, like there's a certain special relationship there. If your mitt goes missing, like, man, I got to break in a whole new one. Your bat, I mean, we remember from the natural Wonder Boy, you know, everybody's kind of got that special. But bats do, in fact, break. In football, like the one piece of equipment outside of your cleats that you that you take, actually the one that you take with you every year, is in fact your helmet. You get a helmet, you kind of fall in love with it, you break it in, it smells like you, it's very kind of personal. But as the NFL continues to evolve and has this helmet policy and certain helmets, you know, are illegal, th- this just feels like the most insanely stupid fight of all time. I just can't imagine what the arbitrator had to do like to just, okay, am I getting paid by the hour? Am I getting paid by the hour? All right, let's hear all sides. If you're not, if you're getting paid by the case, then you're like, wait, you want to use a helmet that's 10 years old, that's illegal, that everyone else has moved on from because why? Right? Well, because I don't want to. I'm a creature of habit. Like we're trying to, this is the old Seinfeld, right? The idea of the helmet law is to protect a brain that's functioning so poorly it doesn't know it needs to be protected. The idea that Antonio Brown's brain is, is 
is working so poorly he doesn't know that he need, might need the helmet that would cut down on the concussions is just bizarre. Now, does it speak to football culture? Maybe a little bit. Does it speak to wide receiver culture? Maybe a little bit, right? Like with these guys, I mean, they haven't worn knee pads in years. And so to them, they're like, look, I don't wear knee pads. You're supposed to wear knee pads. Why do I have to wear a helmet with that, that, your helmet? I'm wearing a helmet. I'll, do, I'll sign a waiver. Like, no, that's not really how it works. Because waivers don't actually protect businesses from anything. You guys, have you studied that in school? Right? If you sign a waiver for one of those trampoline parks, and then you go and you break your leg at a trampoline park, you can still sue the trampoline park and win. Waivers don't really protect you from anything. Just, like, there are most people who are driving and going like, yeah, I actually know that. That's why you don't even think twice when you sign a waiver. Like, yeah, here we go, waiver. Except for apparently the Apple waiver, which it works both ways. It doesn't protect you and doesn't protect you from them. Either way. So, but I, I think this weekend was a win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a win. This whole thing's been a win for the Steelers. Because instead of talking about Derek Carr, instead of talking about their offense, instead of talking about, they're talking about Antonio Brown and they're all tired of talking about it. This is the, in, in the, the classic dictionary definition of, I don't know, he's kind of a distraction. I give you Antonio Brown. Shows up in a hot air balloon, kind of a distraction. Can't perform early in training camp because of the blisters on his feet, kind of a distraction. And then sues the league for the right to use a helmet that they deemed illegal, kind of a distraction. Again, it doesn't mean that he can't play. He's a tremendous player. But this is the reason the Steelers are like, we're good. We'll take the cap hit. We're just kind of done. It's just, it's enough. Anyone's had a girlfriend who's like that, right? Where it's just too much. Or the boyfriend that's just, just too much. That's Antonio Brown. Super talented. But, and then you get the stories of distracted in meetings, shows up late, feet are hurt. Helmet issues. Here's Antonio Brown earlier today when asked about his feet. Guys, the doctor. How are you feeling now? Being able to cut him up. I'm working towards 100. percent You know, uh, it's been a process with the feet. Anytime, you know, you got a lot of blisters, and you know, it's hard to change direction, cut and run, and be able to do what I do naturally. Yeah, we're we're aware. We are aware. So. He just he just looks like such a dope, right? Like there's things to stick your flag in that you wanna you wanna stand by as this is who I am and this is what I'm about and this is what I stand for. But standing for dated apparel that may not be as safe as the newer version, just I just feels idiotic. Like it's one it's you know sometimes we talk about how how it's not really brave to. To be anti-cancer, right? Like, who's there's never been anybody who's pro-cancer. Or to be um, anti-sexual assault or anti-harassment, right? There's never been somebody who's like, oh, yeah. Like, no, that doesn't actually exist. But, I, I mean, the idea that you're pro-dated helmet. So much so that you're supposedly willing to retire over, which was laughable. Right? That's not even, like, like that's not even a good... You don't have any friends. That's somebody without any friends. Well, what are you going to do if they make you wear the helmet? I'm going to quit. 
No, what are you really going to do? No, I'm going to quit. Dude, you got to throw out something they might believe. Right? It's like even Dak Prescott asking for $40 million, it seems unbelievable. It seems unbelievable. But it's not, not crazy to believe. Not crazy because, look, the salary cap is going up. He is the starting Cowboy, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Joe Flacco got overpaid when they won a Super Bowl. It's not crazy to believe. It is literally insane to believe, insane to believe that he would have gotten away with wearing that helmet for even one moment. And I just, you're sitting there at the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're laughing and smiling and dapping each other up going, see, told you so. Think about this. The two prized stars, the super talented skill position guys from the Pittsburgh Steelers, one that never played last season and went to the Jets, was signed to such a bad contract, even if it was below his asking price, such a bad contract, the general manager was fired weeks later. And the other one? Well, the other one has caused a three-ring circus in Oakland with a hot air balloon, blistered feet, and some crazy, completely unbelievable stance about a dated and, frankly, dangerous helmet to wear that he said he wouldn't play again, then he lost in court, and suddenly he's playing again. Nothing like being a Pittsburgh Steeler day, laughing, smiling, and understanding they're talented, but their collective pains in the asses. Peter King said yesterday in his Football Morning in America column that Ben Roethlisberger has never been happier in training camp. And now, I think all of you see why. It's not any kind of one big thing. It's just little tedious things, right? It's just Le'Veon not showing up for OTAs and Antonio Brown not, not paying attention in meetings and having blistered feet. Like These things, if you've ever worked with super talented people, especially when they get to new places, like that's the other thing about staying in Pittsburgh. When you're in Pittsburgh and you've been there for six, seven years, they let you get away with, you know, I know Antonio kind of sleeps through meetings, but he always shows up on Sunday, right? You go to a new place and you got to establish a reputation. And now the reputation you've established is somebody who doesn't show up on time, not engaged in meetings, not ready to play because of his feet, sitting out of training camp for some stupid reason about some stupid helmet. It's all about him. And when you don't have sweat equity with guys, when you haven't been through the trenches, when you haven't gone to the playoffs, when you haven't made the big catches in traffic, when you haven't fought through adversity together, it ends up derailing a relationship before it ever gets underway. Yes, Ryan Music. So according to um, Michael Gelkin of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, the HBO and NFL films have told him that it will include something regarding Antonio Brown's helmet and his feet. So I want to ask you and Dan, is this going to be just a small portion of tonight's Hard Knocks or will they actually sort of dive in and give it more than like a, a you know a 3 or 4 minute segment of the entire show? It feels like it has to be a big part of Hard Knocks because otherwise why would he have done it? Like I don't even think this is a good reality show, but like look, I don't watch Bravo and and uh, what's the other one that has all the has all what's the one that e? has all the e that has all the real the, the desperate yeah. housewives right they get into arguments about stuff you're like why are they arguing why are they yelling at each other over dinner they're throwing 
throwing, you know, cocktail napkins at each other. And because Doug, it matters. Okay, right. So Bravo, BravoCon tickets go on sale today. I believe. <laughs> I, I believe. So uh, there was an HBO tweet sent out showing them editing tonight's episode today, and it showed Antonio Brown's number eighty-four. But as we watch Hard Knocks, it's always thought to believe from last week leading up all linear in the timeline. I'm wondering how much they actually could follow him behind the scenes. We did see him at his home. We did see that swimming stuff. But all the stuff that's at, at camp, he wasn't there. So I don't know how much they can but do they can follow with him. him. They can, I mean, or they will do with him. I, I think we'll get a, real, a better sense for how real this is based upon how much they followed him. Well, to, to Dan's point, if... I guess what I'm looking for is not necessarily how much are they going to actually feature Antonio Brown, especially since we know he wasn't around at camp, but how much are they going to have stuff featured from inside the meetings of them, at least like Gruden and Mayock having to talk about it or, you know, something to that regard. Cause like, that's what we saw with the Browns was they actually had stuff with meetings between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley and Greg Williams and sort of the clash there. So I'm wondering if we're going to get that. Like, are we going to get, uh, you know, five or six minutes of them in a meeting where they're like, dude, where's Antonio? Well, I don't know. He's still dealing with his helmet. Well, are we going to see the end of this? Like, are we actually going to see that? Or is that going to be something that they're just going to mention like, oh, he's not here today and then move on and more Jonathan Abram or something? I don't think there's anything, any way they don't, they don't move on. This has been the story of their camp. It's been the biggest story of their camp, you know? So I don't think there's any way they move on from it. I think they'll they'll do some Derek, probably some Derek Carr. What's his reaction to not having his guy? I think there'll be some more Jonathan Abram. You know, I think you, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of Jonathan Abram. Hopefully not, but <laughs> not a fan. Like, can you imagine watching that? If you're Jonathan Abram's like parents or or his friends, he's like, dude, you just do you do you watch it? Do you know how you come across? Like, you kind of come across like a complete jerk. No. Yeah, it's like I, the, it's, it's like it, it's like okay, and I'm sure to his he's he probably thought in his mind I'm going to create this image. I'm on a TV show now, but like everybody watches it, and no one's no one's like I like that guy, that guy, I like. Whereas generally, that's how we feel about about football players when we come out of hard knocks. Most guys we end up really liking. He's the un- he was the first rounder that we didn't know, to be honest. Yeah. We knew about Jacobs. We knew about Furl, but we didn't. Who was the third first rounder that they had? Oh, now we know and we're already. Some guy know. from Mississippi State yeah. who, <laughs> who, who, who apparently likes to hit people, even his own teammates. I, they'll definitely go back to that and see if he gets hit when they go, you know, when they go full, full pads, as some of the offensive guys said, you know, wait, to, wait till we get to get full pads. Well, if nothing else, Antonio Brown has us watching. I just. If you're going to throw out something about retiring and then you, I mean, you don't even come close to following up on it. Like now there's, there's no sort of negotiation ever for him. He can't throw. Once you do the retire thing, though, I'm going to retire. And they're like, okay, well, you got to wear the helmet. Okay, I'm going to show up at practice. Like that was not, I just, I'm, you're sitting there going, this is why Roethlisberger's happy. This is why they gave their head coach an extension. This is why the Pittsburgh Steelers feel like they're better, even if they might not be as talented. I know exactly when the Giants will move on from Eli and Daniel jo- to play J- Daniel Jones. I'll tell you when it'll happen next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their VetaSign test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, I was hosting The Herd on Friday, so we talked a little about Daniel Jones playing well on Thursday. I know they talked about it here on my show. Uh, was it? It was uh, Dan Beyer and... Um, Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks, right? And, and, and I'd be fascinated to hear what, what Bucky said. But, you know, like, look, almost every quarterback outside of Dwayne Haskins really seemed to look good in in the preseason in in game one because well look it's an offense driven league and defenses are really running rudimentary stuff not not scouting and you have kind of a plan hey here's some plays that work for this guy really easy reads let's get rid of the football quickly and look good so Daniel Jones looking good I mean it's amazing it's really amazing that you go from Daniel Jones being booted the Yankees game earlier in the week to being cheered lustily because Eli had one bad drive Daniel Jones, who everyone thinks David Gettleman swung and missed on, suddenly now is the 
you know, redshirting freshman quarterback who they don't want to pull off redshirt. That's really what it is. Here's John Mara, who's the owner of the New York Giants, earlier today on their quarterback situation. I hope Eli has a great year and Daniel never sees the field. I mean, that would be in an ideal world that you'd like to see that. So, um, But, again, it's um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a decision by the head coach as to when you know, or if Daniel ends up playing this year. Which uh, I guess is somewhat true, right? I mean, but they're not going to pull Eli Manning unless they have the complete support of ownership. Here's their schedule. They take on the Cowboys on the road. They have the Bills at home. They go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have the Redskins at home, the Vikings at home. They go to New England and take on uh, the Patriots before a bye week. Then they have Arizona at home, the, Giant, the, the Lions on the road, the Cowboys at home. They play the Jets. They play in Chicago against the Bears, the Packers at home, the Eagles on the road. And late in the year, Miami at home. They go to Washington. They go to and they have Philadelphia. Like, look, if they're competitive, Eli will stay. Right? This won't be a Favre to Rogers situation where he sits for three years, especially with how contracts are now. But the only way you'll see Daniel Jones this year is if Eli is as bad this season as Peyton was in his last season. And that's a distinct possibility, right? Their wide receiving core, their offensive line, not great. Uh, they do want to run the football a ton. They'll probably try and shorten the game. Maybe that keeps them, and their schedule's not difficult because they're playing a last-place schedule. Like, all these things are working for them. But if things are really bad, you know, you probably, the la- those last three games of the year, Dolphins at home, at Washington, Eagles at home, especially if the Eagles are, you know, if they're already in the playoffs, they're not playing their number ones anyway. Feels like we know how this is going to go. And I, I think the best way to visualize it is Daniel Jones is the freshman. They would like to keep him on redshirt, but they, they'll, they'll reserve the right to break glass if and only if there is an emergency. And losing to the Cowboys on the road is an emergency. But the, the Bills at home, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you start to pile up losses, and, and now maybe there's a discussion. Yes, Ryan Music. So... Really, you're only expecting to see Daniel Jones once the Giants are more or less out of the playoff picture. Maybe not officially, officially, but once it seems like the season's lost. Would you think that the Giants are really secretly hoping for almost like a Chiefs, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes type situation where they almost still get into the playoffs, but then eventually it's like Eli doesn't quite have it at the end? So they kind of stay competitive, they kind of stay relevant, but then they're not totally awful and they can still move on from them at the end of the year. Wouldn't that be like the perfect situation for them? Yeah, the, the one difference is that, that Alex Smith, they, they were good. Obviously, Alex Smith wouldn't throw the ball downfield, but Alex Smith wasn't a lifer with the Chiefs, so it was easier to move on from him, right? right. Yeah, that's Whereas a good point. this guy's won two Super Bowls, Alex Smith never got to a Super Bowl. So that's the part that makes it, makes it harder. I also think that Eli is better than what Peyton was when he fell off. Like, Peyton couldn't throw the ball, period. And Eli's not there. Eli actually had the fewest interceptions that he's had in a while last year and threw for more yards than he had in the previous three seasons. I'm sure Saquon Barkley helped with some of that. But it wasn't a bad year for Eli, and that's what I think makes it so difficult, is that 
it's not that he's he's horrible, and it's not that he's Drew Brees falling off of a cliff or or a Peyton Manning falling off of the cliff. It's that he's good enough where you and Daniel Jones maybe isn't as much of a must have at that point that puts you in this gray area where you're like, gee, I don't know, how do we work this? It's just they're both kind of like Eli isn't as bad as I mean he's not great. He actually had a decent season last year, and it's tough to be like, okay, we want to move on to now this guy who we also aren't necessarily completely sold on, at least early on in his career. I think that's what makes it difficult. I, I, I would agree. I would say that stats don't necessarily – the stats kind of belie the fact that Eli struggled when they when they were bad. You know, it's like late in the – you can put up stats on a bad team, especially a quarterback, right? Like you can get back there and throw a ton. And I, I don't think there's anybody who would say that he had a good year. Um, he had some good, he had some better moments, and he seemed to, as the offensive line got better, he also got better. That's a big thing for Eli because he's so immobile, and he does traditionally hold the football longer than some. He's, you know, the thing about Brady is Brady has always gotten rid of it super quickly. Eli has not. He's always been more of a downfield thrower. Now he's kind of learning to get rid of it a little bit quicker. So I would hedge somewhere in between. He, he wasn't, he wasn't great, and he was okay. I think he had pretty much kind of an okay season. Didn't kind of get off to a great start. Yeah, and I think that's the point. Like, like Manning was done. The <laughs> Chiefs are ready to move on because they knew that they had something special. And with Eli and Jones, it's just kind of uh, <laughs> all the way around. They're not convinced either way on either of them. They're not totally. That's what you're saying is they're not totally convinced Eli is completely done. And they're also not totally convinced that Daniel Jones is ready to step in and just play. Now they, they also say they're not convinced, but that doesn't mean that they're not convinced. You know what I mean? So um, I, I, I think they're, they're more convinced than they think. That's why they drafted the heir apparent. I, again, dream scenario, he plays well, they're about 500, and they never have to play him. Maybe he has some mop-up duty at a couple different moments in the season. And I, I actually think the Giants, I mean, to go from – a pick that was so clowned, so openly panned, to now where people are like, hey, you know, it might not have been the worst pick in the world, is just an amazing overreaction that speaks to what one, how much we don't know about players mm-hmm. that are drafted. And two, preseason football is not necessarily to, a determinant to how good and how competent somebody actually is at what they do. We, we don't really know what we're watching kind of collectively. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. How are we feeling about Andrew Luck right now? What, what do you think? Music thinks he, he's injury prone. Uh, um, I wouldn't say injury prone because, um, you know, you and you've talked about this before. You know, injury prone is someone kind of like Derek Rose where, you know, you're just trying to make athletic moves and you keep re-tearing ligaments in your knee or rolling ankles or things like that. With Andrew Luck, I'm not sure he's injury prone. I mean, he had that shoulder injury, but I mean, if you're taking a hit in football and you tear a ligament in your shoulder and then, you know, who knows what's happening with this. My issue with Andrew Luck is if it was just the shoulder or if it was just this current calf injury or whatever he's going through now, independent of one another, then you're not as worried. But when it becomes a shoulder injury, and then now he's dealing with a calf injury, and then if during the season he has a quad, you know, as the injuries stack up, the more concerned you are that he will be one of those quarterbacks that makes it to 36, 37, 38, as opposed to someone who was just really good 
but had to retire at 34 because his body couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I think that's a reasonable thing, reasonable thing to, to think. Um, I think it's interesting on how much people are, are discussing the Achilles tendon, which make, I mean, like, oh, so here's what Jim Irsay said. I know everyone's had their questions about Andrew and that sort of thing. I really feel confident that he's going to find his way through this thing. I think the Kevin Durant thing, everyone's erring on the side of caution, but quite frankly, it's not even an Achilles tendon. It's another area. It's a bone. You know, I'm not good at these things. It's a little bone. I guess my question is like, I'm looking at the anatomy of the back of my leg and I don't know what bone he could possibly <laughs> be referring to. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's Doctor a good, music. That's a good yeah. question. Well, I remember when I got my first medical degree before I ended up specializing. <laughs> um, no, I did see something. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, Dr. David Chow on Twitter, there was some sort of symptom where, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name, but basically he was saying that you can develop an overgrowth of bone in your ankle if it becomes a syndrome where if you keep dealing with a lot of like inflammation and injury to the same area, your body tries to heal itself by overgrowing the bone. And so he, what he said was like, I don't have enough information, but that well, could be what he's referring to. Isn't that the Colts? I mean, they lead the league in, in worse, not media handling of injuries. Remember we were making such a big deal about Andrew Luck and throwing the Nerf football and what he's done. <laughs> but I mean, and, I, I don't think that was a, you thought that was massively overdone? No, the point is that we never seemed to know with that. We didn't really know what's happening with Peyton Manning. We didn't know what's happening with Andrew Luck in his shoulder. And then all of a sudden it ends up being way worse than we thought. Or then Luck comes back last year and has a magnificent year. They also actually have something on their side. And that's their backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. It's probably one of the best in the league. So I'm not saying that they that everything's going to be fine. But if this was another team, they... Uh, I think that the, you'd be much more worried about where they are going and with Andrew Luck's injuries. Yes, I, I do think Jacoby Brissett is he's a good quarterback, and so they will be fine. While, but you know they open up against the Chargers on the road, right? And for a team that that went, you know, for a team that that improved so dramatically, uh, to not have him and and how long this like this, you feel like they would have figured this thing out a long time ago, right? I mean, this this is April. So, I'm with you guys. I don't think this is, I wouldn't call him injury prone yet, but I do think ultimately this is the type of things, you know, the thousand little cuts that can kind of derail you. And it is weird that they keep mentioning Achilles tendon stuff and now, now bo a bone. And so you're talking, wait, I thought it was your calf. Now it's your ankle. And when you go calf to ankle, that's when you get around that Achilles tendon. It, it's reasonable for people to be concerned. And isn't that sort of the same issue we've seen with Cam Newton, right? Like both Cam Newton and Andrew Luck were seen as like these great, young, big-bodied, big-arm quarterbacks that were going to, you know, quote-unquote, take over the league and be the next you know, Manning and Brady and, you know, whatever, sort of be the next young quarterbacks. And it's almost like in a blink of an eye, they've each had success. You know, Andrew Luck didn't, hasn't made it to a Super Bowl, hasn't won an MVP, but I think everyone agrees when he's healthy, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yep. Cam Newton won an MVP, did go to a Super Bowl and lost. And now all of a sudden they both have injuries that are piling up. They're constantly having off-season surgery. And now you you look at it and you're like, they're not even like young quarterbacks anymore. And as many injuries as they're dealing with, and they're getting closer to 30 and early thirties, you find yourself going, 
will they ever actually get the accolades we thought they once were? Because then you look at the younger quarterbacks, you have Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes. It's almost like that next generation of quarterbacks are there to take over for them before even Brady and Breeze and Phillip Rivers made their way out of the league. Yeah, I, I just... Cam's different, though. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but he's just he plays a different game than Andrew Luck. Yes. Now, look, they're both very mobile, and they've both taken a ton of shots. So that's where yeah. I would say there's a similarity, right? Yeah, but you're not running a zone read with Andrew Luck. No, but Andrew Luck's clearly been hit plenty. But I, you're, you're, you're right. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. I just I, I think the point you're making is a good one. And the other interesting part is that as much as all these rules are designed to protect these players, here here's two guys that are stars. One's been an MVP, one's been close, and they're still getting hurt. Like They, they can only do so much to protect you. And those guys obviously are feeling some of the bumps and bangs. I think he'll be fine. I just do. You know, I could be I could be totally wrong. I think he'll absolutely be fine. And I think the Chargers think he'll be fine. And it 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 would be, it would help the Chargers if he didn't play in that first game because they're not the same team even if Brissett is a damn good backup quarterback who could be a starter in a couple of different places. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. We're live at Cowboys Camp. Colin Coward thinks Sam Darnold's the second best young quarterback in the NFL. Tell you if I agree next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote you've put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. 
Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we play for your previous show on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now. What does the Fox say is brought to you by Discover Card. Get your free credit score card today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. And checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard limitations apply. Um, this is my third straight radio show I've been on, guys. I, I got up early. Dan Patrick's in L.A. I did their show. Lost a free throw shooting contest. McLovin, pretty embarrassed about that. Uh, then ran over and popped on Colin's show. And Colin was ranting on his show about Sam Darnold and where he thinks he stacks up with the quarterbacks drafted over the past three years. I think over the next 12 years, I'm not a day trader. I don't check my 401k regularly. I do not time the stock market. Patrick Mahomes over the next 12 years will be the best of all those quarterbacks. Sam Darnold will be the second best. But Colin, last year means nothing. Pro football focus The last month, the last four games of last year, Sam Darnold was the highest graded quarterback in the league with nothing to work with. He is also the youngest week one starter since the NFL and AFL merged. He's a baby. Two years younger than Baker. Lot fewer college starts. That's why I don't care what happens in week two when the Browns face the Jets. I don't care care what happens in week six i i do think that the ryan khalil thing should carry a little bit more weight now obviously he probably got top dollar from the jets but khalil who's an sc guy said specifically came out of retirement because he wanted to play with sam Darnold. like i i am yet to find anybody who has something negative to say about Sam Darnold. Like, the only negative thing is, like, boy, I wish he'd kind of hang in the pocket a little bit longer. But then you look, when he was at SC his second year, they didn't have a good offensive line, and obviously they've struggled with the Jets. So you'd like the guy to set his feet more and, and, and read progressions, but he, it just the reality is he hasn't had the chance. Now, maybe they establish bad habits because of it. But I'm, I literally get to talk to anybody who goes, like, hey, Sam Darnold, don't like him. As a guy, uh, everybody likes him. As a player, everybody likes him. Now, we could have said the same thing about Andrew Luck. Obviously, he had injuries three years in, but had more success early on. Um, there's some other guys who have had, but I, I mean this when I actually agree with Colin. A lot of times, we, I disagree with Colin. I agree. I also think if you look at the, at the volume of guys that have been drafted the last two or three years, remember, three years cuts off Dak Prescott, cuts off... Um, Jared Goff as well. Cuts off a couple other quarterbacks. Cuts off Carson Wentz. So, because these guys have been in the league a little bit longer. Um, I, I think when, when you look at these guys, there's a lot of misses. There just are. Like, I, I think Josh Allen, they'll be fine. 
But there's just some limitation to what Josh Allen can do because he's just he's just inaccurate. You know, they'll make it up for um, big plays and him running the football and them running the football. But like Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, I'm I'm not convinced Mitch Trubisky long term is a great solution for the Bears. They love him as a guy. They love him as an athlete. As a quarterback, like yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the benefit of the best defense in the league and couldn't win a home playoff game. Now, you could say the same thing about Goff two years ago as well, right? He had a great team, and he couldn't win a playoff game. But I do think Goff is, continues to evolve as a passer. And maybe that's because we saw him in person. What does the fuck say? Yes, there, Ryan Music. The interesting thing is, when you talk about those teams, when they don't, you know, they don't really, they didn't hit on as many draft quarterbacks as we thought, is we're waiting for the likes of you know Tom Brady to retire, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, some of these older quarterbacks to finally age out. But you know the Tennessee Titans, we have no idea what they're going to do with Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. and it's going to be one of those situations where Mariota might be just average enough to where they're not ready to commit to him long-term, so maybe he's a franchise tag guy, but also they may not totally bottom out to where they're going to be at the top of the draft to get someone like a Justin Herbert or you know any of these other quarterbacks that are going to be available at the top of this draft. So it's going to be interesting. You know, Same thing with Jameis Winston. Is Bruce Arians able to resurrect him and make him into the quarterback we thought he was, or are they going to be in the quarterback market? Who knows? I mean, this is going a little bit further down the line, but like, who knows how long Lamar Jackson's going to last, given that... He loves to run the ball and how many times he got injured last year. So as much as we're looking for the older quarterbacks to age out, the ones who did draft first-round quarterbacks are also going to be the ones that we're keeping an eye on who may have already admitted to right. making I mean, a mistake. I mean, Dolphins. Uh, right. Obviously, the Raiders can get out of the Derek Carr deal. Um, I mean, I think those are, the, those are the two that kind of jump out at you kind of early on. Um, but Cincinnati. It's going to have a decision to make. Cincinnati at at some point. Although Cincinnati, you know, it's like Andy Dalton's fine. And are they really in? Are they so bad that they can draft a quarterback? And is there a quarterback there? But yes, I I, I talked about this a little bit last year and a little bit in the offseason. Is that one of the things that Breeze, Brady, Rivers, Roethlisberger playing longer will do is potentially we could get to a place where there's a greater volume of quarterbacks in the league. Again, you're still going to have the limitations in terms of who the superstars are and who the stars are. But in terms of just good quarterbacks, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a backlog because there, there are those group of older guys that, you know, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's a backup. Could he eventually get back to being a starter? I, I think we have, it's, it's one of the things that the NFL could develop is more depth at quarterback during this era where suddenly they've been able to have some of those stars age. In a weird way, it almost makes you appreciate Matthew Stafford. In a very weird way. But as you're saying, you're talking about all these guys that we don't know. And you're talking about a one-two pick with Winston and Mariota and having their, you know, Stafford's been good enough to last as long as he has as part of this conversation. Deshaun yeah. Watson's injury history, I think, is the question, but if you wanted and, to put in that and young... I think And I think can he evolve into an NFL reader-thrower around the in the red zone? Uh, he's good. There, there's still another lay, layer to get to that. All right, c- coming up next, Dak Prescott is doing all the right things. And it's why the Cowboys, even though they don't have to pay him now, they might anyway. We'll explain next, live from Dallas Cowboys training camp, this is the Doug Gottlieb Show.
Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from beautiful, sunny, breezy Oxnard, California. And the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player to help you stay out of the game, put their experience in play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, all of these teams have their own facilities, including the Dallas Cowboys, who, by all accounts, have the nicest facility in the country. The Dallas Cowboys have a place called The Star, where the facility is so nice, the state championships for Texas high school football are played in their facility. Like it's, they have a stadium, they have practice fields, they have training, they have everything. Everything. Now, there are other reasons you come to California if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are America's team. It helps kind of spread their brand. If you know anything about kind of the demographics of uh, Southern California. Now, they've always come out here. They used to come to Cal Lutheran, which is mm, 25 minutes or so down the road over in Thousand Oaks, closer to Los Angeles. But the Cowboys are such a national brand that they like to show up in L.A. because they'll have they have fans. And um, this location allows fans not just from the coastal cities like Oxnard and from the Valley, but also we're not too far from Fresno uh, where they can where, where fans can come down and Bakersfield. And, I mean, that's big cowboy country. But I also think that and you guys can all speak to this, right? How great is the weather? And we take it for granted because we live here. Right? We, we live here. Now, you guys, Ryan Music and Dan Byer, you guys live in an area which is a little bit warmer than here, for example, right? So Correct. Like, like, how hot is it where, where you live 100. today? 100. Yeah. 100. So that's, you're not, not Dallas hot where it's 100 and the humidity is super high. But like here... And you only live like 25 minutes from here, right? 30 minutes? About 45. Yeah. All right. What, I, I'm going to guess it's 75 degrees at best. Maybe 72. I mean, 72 it, today in it is, it is absolute perfection. Right? Like if you could, they call it Chamber of Commerce Day, right? This is a Chamber of Commerce Day. Not a golf course in the world I wouldn't love, man. This is the one I'd like to get out and play at. So I, there is something to spreading the brand. There is something to the tradition. They've always done it. But I also think there is something to like, you know what? Let's just go somewhere where the weather is perfect every day. And that's what you have here. They'll be uh, hitting each other a little bit. We already had uh, who? Jason Witten and Travis Frederick on. Two guys who weren't in training camp last year. Uh, we'll have, uh, who are we going to have? Uh, Leighton uh, Van Der Esch? Leighton Van Der Esch is going to join us. Upcoming in, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. But it's interesting. You watch the practices, and when we got here, they're going through walkthroughs, and they're running through what you would call dry offense, right? 11 on, 11 on nothing. And it's classic football style where you have the entire team line up so that we, as media members, can't see, like, what am I going to do, jot down their, their personnel groupings and their plays? But if you watch them, Dak Prescott does have com- complete command and control. Now, I understand there's a difference in quarterback and running back and how much a guy needs to be involved in the day-to-day. And Zeke can probably show up and still catch up and do his thing. All right, 24 dive is still 24 dive. It just may be called something different in the new offense. 
but basically he can still show up and do his thing. I got to tell you, though, Dak has, for the most part, handled this thing perfectly. Right? Yeah, I'm negotiating, but I'm still playing because I intend to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for a long time. I don't want to give anybody else a chance to be the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. I don't want to leave any doubt who the leader is of this franchise, and that has value. In addition to the fact that I played at undervalue and never complained, that has value. He has never been a guy who complained about the offense, even though many people thought that um, um, that the system last year was way too rudimentary. Last couple years, it's been criticized as, as way too rudimentary. Even if it worked for Tony Romo, better than it worked for him, it, it, it is it's fair to say that there has been uh, a, there was a Rob Berenelli's offense was roundly criticized that time for just being too basic, and it was the same thing year after year after year. Scott Linehan. Oh, Scott Linehan. I'm sorry. Um, Scott Linehan's offense. I apologize. Good catch. So now we get to you have a new offense, and he's completely all in. But I actually understand the Cowboys' stance here. The story yesterday was Dak Prescott wants $40 million. Now, some of this is a negotiation. You, you can't ever, you're never going to add on, right? You can't go like, you know, I really want like uh, 30. And they're like, well, we we're going to pay you 32. So but 30 is fine. You ask for 40 and they start at 30 and you end up somewhere around 35. You ask for 35 and they start at 30. You end up at 32.5, right? This is kind of basic negotiating 101. The Cowboys do have the power in that they don't have to get a deal done. And I wouldn't be forced into a bad deal. I would be super creative into when he gets what he gets. And I do think that as much as there's still room for growth as a player in talking to Jason Witten and watching him and, and how like he's the unquestioned leader, that, that has value. Intangibles have value. Um, so I think that ultimately the deal probably gets done, but it might not get done until the season starts. And I think Zeke makes it a little harder. I think Amari makes it a little harder. I think, uh, you know, some of the defensive players needing to get paid makes it a little harder. But I think for the most part, Dak has handled this thing really, really well with the exception of, boy, I'm not sure if I want that 40 to get out there. That's a big number. It's a big number. That's when you start asking for, it's like when a guy asks for $100 million. For whatever reason, $100 million sounds a lot more than $99 million. When it's only $1 million, it's only 1% more. $40 million sounds like a massive number when you're still kind of reacting to Aaron Rodgers getting 30 and Tom Brady getting 23. And there is something, too. And, and look, the Cowboys want, do they ha- are they forced to pay him for playing undervalued, for being underpaid for what he was doing? No. But they, on some level, want to make good on that. Additionally, what GMs really want is they really want cost certainty. They really want to know, if I want to keep Dak Prescott, how much is it going to cost? How, what percentage of my books is going to quarterback? What percentage is going to running back? What percentage is going to wide receiver? What percentage is going to linebacker and defensive end so that I know? That's why they want a little longer-term deal. And obviously, you want team-friendly deals. You want the ability to get out of it. And the, the quicker and easier you are to get out of it, the more likely you are to pay up front. Yes, they're right, music. If, and I don't think it'll come to this, but let's say the Dak Prescott situation turns into a Kirk Cousins situation where no long-term deal gets worked out. 
and then it's back-to-back franchise tags to where the, you know they're forced to either come to an agreement or they let him walk. Would you rather, like one extreme versus another, would you rather pay $40 million a year for Dak Prescott or would you rather let him walk in free agency? Well, you're not going to let him. He doesn't have to walk in free agency. No, I know. If, if it plays out to where they have to franchise tag him back-to-back years. I don't... I, again, you're only going to want to hold on to Dak Prescott if he's really, really good. Right, but I know, and that's my point, is that's what makes this situation so interesting with where the Cowboys are at, is a, a lot of these other quarterbacks that you would pay big money for, if it's like, would you rather pay $40 million or let Aaron Rodgers walk? You're like, well, I guess I'll have to pay him $40. With Dak, you're much more towards the end of, I mean, I guess we'll probably just have to let him walk, which is what makes this negotiation so interesting because he was so underpaid but he also doesn't really quite fit into that category that like well we should now just give him whatever he wants because we're good with where we're at now yeah i'm 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 with you i look i like dak prescott i think he's fine i think you can win with him i'm not sure you can always win because of him i think it's tricky to with the fourth round pick of saying that we we underpaid him because i think you could make an argument that ezekiel elliott was underpaid for the the three years that he's had on his rookie contract. So now with him asking what he wants. Well, why do you think he was underpaid? I mean, he got $16 million in his first year. I'm just saying for his value of his team, of if if you were to give Ezekiel Elliott a contract that paid him like the top running back in the NFL, like he has been the last three years, he would be making $13 million per year. But he isn't because you drafted him. Even though he was in the first round, that's like where the rookie contract is. So with Dak, it's like, I get that he was a fourth-round pick and that he was at value, but you shouldn't have to backtrack. You, should, like, no, you absolutely should not have to. But I, I think if you throw a little bit more money in, you go like, look, most guys overachieve. It doesn't really matter. Quarterback is a, a highest-paid position on the team, and you were literally, you know. On the other hand, like, let's not kid ourselves. It wasn't like he tore up the world in his first two years. He just didn't. They, you know, mm-hmm. they tried. They, they tried to help him have him win games on his own his second year because of the suspension, and he couldn't. Like we're completely misremembering Dak Prescott year one, year two. You know where they 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 managed Dak Prescott, managed him very much. And there's also not a quarterback in the NFL, at least on the books, that is making forty million dollars a year or will under the contract that they're currently at. Yeah, so, I, so I don't. Like, so that I, I think number four, of forty that you bring up. A, I think forty is a crazy, yeah. crazy number. I thought that was a bad. That's probably the first bad play that they've made. And I would guess that the Cowboys probably leaked that out there, not Dak Prescott. Well, that was one report. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that the Cowboys are like, man, he's asking for forty, and we're at thirty. And I would guess they're not really at thirty because if they're at thirty, he probably would have signed it already. I just, I, I think they're in the. I would guess they were in the twenties, and they want it to look like it was thirty. And when somebody dove deep, they're like, yeah, maybe we can say it's 30. And like, well, you know, he's at 40, you know, to win public sentiment. Th- things only get out when somebody's not happy. Otherwise, Carson Wentz's <laughs> deal got done. Nobody talked about it. Other deals get done. Nobody. Tom Brady was very, very little conversation about it. Drew Brees' deal got re- reworked. Very little conversation. It only leaks out when somebody's unhappy. When they do, they pick up the phone or they text somebody who can leak the story out. That's generally the way it goes. Do you think the 
Cowboys are sitting here hoping that at some point Dak Prescott becomes maybe not as good as Russell Wilson, but somewhat close to Russell Wilson. Because you've made this comparison before where when he was a late round draft pick, ended up being the starter, not because of injury, because he won the job outright, but became the starter. Some because Matt Flynn also sucked, <laughs> right? I mean, you're, you're a Seahawks fan. That's, a, that's an appropriate. He, Matt Flynn was just, he was really good and solid and Matt Flynn was not. Yeah, Russ did take the job. Like, he really did. So, yeah. But I guess my my point being, you know, they brought him along very slowly. When they were winning and going to Super Bowls early on, it wasn't as if Russell Wilson was throwing for 325 yards a game. He had nine nine games his first year where he threw for less than 200 yards. So do you think that – and Russell Wilson was also another guy who spent several years in college. It wasn't like he played three Mm -hmm. years and then came out in the draft early. So it's almost as if as Russell Wilson got closer to the age of 30, he became much – they became much more reliant on him. Do you think that that's what the Cowboys are hoping for? Because Dak Prescott also played four years in college and has now been three years in the NFL. They're sort of hoping like, hey, Russell Wilson came around to be a guy that we could ride with around the age of 30, maybe that's what we can get out of Dak I mean, Prescott. Somebody's going to have to tell me what I'm missing here. right? This, you're get, just going to have to tell me what I'm missing. This is the second half of the season. Everybody talks about how much better Dak was last year, second half of the season, you know, uh, in terms of their offense and their turnaround with Amari Cooper or whatever. Um, they, they beat Jacksonville 40-7. He throws for 183 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Game wasn't close. They play at Houston. Remember that defensive mm-hmm. defensive uh, battle. 18 for 29s, 208 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Against Detroit, not a good team. Does win a close game. 17 for 27, 255 yards. Lose to Seattle on the road. 168 yards, two interceptions. Lose to Carolina, last game of the regular season. 170 yards. Get to the playoffs, they did beat, they did beat Seattle. Yeah. Pre-Mark Cooper. Yeah. Which one was pre-Mark Cooper? All those ones that you're... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Those are early in the year. Yeah. My bad. Uh, post-Amari... Okay, so post-Amari Cooper, you know, obviously the numbers take off, so to speak. He had the one big game against Philadelphia, 455 yards. He had one against the Giants, end of the season. That's one of the worst teams in football. But, I mean, other than that, it's still in the 200-yard. Like, they're not really a throw... They weren't really a throwing no. team. I know. And, and I'm, I, I've been the one that... Look at Zeke's numbers when Amari Cooper comes along. I mean, they're even better than, than what they were. I mean, it's that part is not put into, like, when you're talking about contracts, it's chicken well, and an, eggs. They're an ensemble but. cast. They all play off and work together pretty well. Is Dak a top-five quarterback? No. Is Amari Cooper a top-five wide receiver? No. Is, Zeke is probably a top-five top running back, but, but running back is not in the litany of in most important things. It's not. You combine all three of those factors together. Also, their offensive line got healthy late in the year, too. Tyron Smith was all with injury. So you put it all together, and it's a damn good team. And it's like, how do we relate to them that they're, they're better as one as opposed to one or two of them getting paid and ultimately losing some other smart piece? That's, it shouldn't be that hard, but it is. You know what this is like? This is like Mike and Mike. Right? Mm. Why did Mike and Mike break up? Right? Greenberg wanted six million. They were making like three million dollars. Greenberg wanted six million dollars. So they went in there and get to six million dollars together. Like, yeah. So Greenberg got his own agent, got six million dollars, and they like we don't really want to pay go like six million dollars. And so they broke up that rate. Now it's never the same. 
Never the same. Whereas you go in together and you go, all right, I want six, but I'll take five, you know, or four and a half, and life will be good. But it's it's really why communism doesn't work in re, in in real life, because everybody wants to get paid what they're worth, and and then and then some. The weirdest team in the NFL is getting weirder. We'll discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Continental tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. This is from Michael Lombardi. Of course, he's joined us so many times. Former NFL GM. Of course, he has his own podcast. He said, uh, Jadeveon Clowney is being shopped. Wrote it yesterday. The great John McClain, longtime Houston Chronicle columnist, said he would be shocked if he was not traded. Solving the Texans' requirements for the trade, they will be reasonable. Won't be hard for teams. Solving the money for Clowney will be. This is amazing. First of all, look, I understand it's really easy because Antonio Brown uh, has been nothing short of a clown to sit here and go, John Gruden doesn't know what he's doing. 
Right? But th- they're in a similar situation to where the Raiders were with, uh, with Mack last year. And the Raiders got two first-round picks for Mack at the exact same time as last year. And I know that people are saying, look, they should have shopped him earlier. They should have come. Remember, this is a team dealing without a GM. They fired Brian Gaines after the draft, which was weird. Then they tried to hire Patriots executive Jeff uh, Casario. And the Patriots accused the Texans of tampering, wouldn't allow Casario to leave. The Texans decided, all right, we'll go out without a general manager. The assistant general manager and uh, the head coach, Bill O'Brien, kind of went back and forth over Clowney. And Bill O'Brien actually is the one who came out and said, I wouldn't, I don't want to give Jadavion Clowney a long-term contract. Show me. Which obviously means to Jadavion Clowney, it's, my time is up here. I want to get a long-term deal, especially a guy who's had an injury-marred career, no matter how talented he looks. So, uh, yeah, and they traded a fourth, which could be a third for Duke Johnson. So what goes back in return? What's amazing about it is, I don't think he's as good as Mac. I don't think anybody, nobody thinks that, right? Like, no. But, I mean, they're not getting anywhere near two first-round picks. And then, and this is part of the Mac deal, that people, it's not just that you had to trade two first-round picks. You had to be willing to give him $90 million guaranteed. This is the same thing with Melvin Gordon. Like, does somebody want to trade for Melvin Gordon? Sure. Trade for Melvin Gordon, what does it take? First-round pick, probably not. Second-round pick, okay. Second-round pick for Melvin Gordon, Maybe. But hold on, Melvin Gordon doesn't want to play for the Chargers under the $5.3 million. He doesn't want to play for you either. And what are you going to offer him? Maybe 10? Maybe? That's what the Chargers are offering. Why would they trade him? So this is Jadeveon Clowney very much on the market. And I I do believe... um, I do believe that... uh, that one of the reasons, um, that one of the reasons Jadeveon Clowney hasn't made it is the same things I was, I was never on the Jadeveon Clowney number one overall train, and I'll tell you a couple couple reasons. One, he wasn't really a three four guy, and they put him into a three four, and they've made it work. Uh, secondly. Remember how many games he missed? You know, he wanted to take some time. I've missed some games. He had the knee. Uh, he had the knee issue. I think the knee issue was after he was drafted, if I if I remember correctly. But he was a guy that just didn't have. He just didn't have the, what JJ Watt has in terms of the motor. Was it more style than substance? It, it was more motor. It was more motor than anything else. He just didn't have the motor. And I, I you know, this Chris Carter has a great expression. It's money doesn't change you. It makes of more of makes you more of what you are. I right, think about that for a second. Money doesn't change you. It makes you more of what you are. And I th- that that to me is absolutely true. Which Devion Clowney, he hasn't been bad. He's been good. But has he been the best player in football? No. And when he was at South Carolina, he wasn't bad. He was good. He made some spectacular plays. But was he the best player in college football in spite of having this ridiculous physique and all these measurables? No. Yes, Ryan. Just letting you know, Leighton Vander Esch coming here. Oh, cool. You had your hand up. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. 
All right, Leighton Vanderesh uh, checking in with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as uh, the guys have already had their walkthroughs, their showers, now probably some meetings, and then afternoon practice. Leighton, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're uh, re- really, really good. Um, what's this camp like in comparison to last year? Uh, this camp, I would say, uh, I mean, everything's more familiar. Um, just being out there, being used to everything, not having to learn the playbook and everything, uh, it makes it a lot easier. Um, just being able to go out there and cut it loose and, and start working on other parts of your game. Um, it's interesting because, you know, la- last year everyone knew that you could be in, in the position you're in. Was there a moment for you where you're like, oh, yeah, this I'm – I'm good here. I'm confident. Was was there the moment of confidence of belonging at any point that you remember? Um, I was always confident in myself from from the get go, but um, I would say really um, just as the as the season started and I was really getting reps, um, especially when Sean went down. Um, just I was gaining confidence like like crazy, um, game in and game out. And just taking things slowly, taking things one day at a time, not getting too far ahead of myself, and just just trusting my instincts, trusting my abilities. How was Sean to you? Sean was Sean's been awesome the whole entire process. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Um, I mean, he's like a big brother to me, and he's always he's always helping me, always giving me little cheats, hints here and there, um, always just always just trying to help me on my game. What's that like, though? I mean, for a guy who like. Look, you're kind of brought in to take his job, right? I mean, you're, you're brought in to be what he has been. And look, he's had the unfortunate run of injuries like he had last year at mm-hmm. previous times. But what's that like to be a young guy? You walk in, here's this older dude, and, you're, and all of a sudden he's helping you out, and he's helping you get better. It just shows what, what, what kind of caliber of guy he is and the respect that he has for his teammates, his coaches, in the game of football. Um, you, can't, you can't teach that. And the amount of heart that that guy has, um, I mean, everybody would go to everybody would go to war with him and, and for him, no matter what. So, um, I mean, I have I have the most respect possible that I could for for a guy like that, and and I mean, uh, I'm just trying to give back give back to to him um, using what he has to tell me on the field and, and to show him that I'm going to go out there and and, uh, and that he can trust me to do my job. And trust me to, to fill in in his spot if he needs me to. Late Van Rich joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio live at Dallas Cowboys camp. Have you matched up with Witten yet? I have, yeah, yeah, a few times now. Um, it's crazy every time I line up against him. It's like, uh, who would have thought uh, that this would it would be like this one day? Um, but I mean, it's it just it just shows you not to take anything for granted, and that is pretty special that you get to actually line up against a guy like that. Um, and practice and practice against a guy of his caliber as well. How, how's he running? Oh, he's just as good as ever. Uh, he he knows how to run a route. He's he's really he's really smart with everything he does. Disguises everything. Um, that I mean, the dude the dude knows the ins and outs of football. So uh, he knows what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that, it's like interesting you point that out because there's something the same for you, right? Like you're a crazy athlete. Like, you're off the charts athlete. So there's the athleticism and there's the football IQ. And you've always had a good football IQ, but you need to play in the NFL. And like you said, this year in camp, you're comfortable in the system. You don't have to learn. So there's that moment where it, it, kind of, it kind of matches up. And even though you could run to make every play, now you know the, the, the cheat steps, right? Now mm-hmm. you know the cheat codes, if, if, yep. you, if you will. Um, how close are you to that spot? Um, 
it's you're never you're never always at that spot you're always improving that's the thing there's always more that you can know there's always more that you can get familiar with and prepare for um every single every single game week um you're never there you've never made it um like i said just keep harping on on constant improvement um getting better every single chance you get just keep adding to that to that mental uh intelligence box that you have with the game of football you know it's fascinating that this team's offense gets discussed a ton mostly because the con uh, the the contract situation of a couple guys but you play with jalen obviously byron yourself some of the it's a young really really talented defense Mm -hmm. how do you guys collectively handle the fact that it does feel like the offense gets talked about a lot. And, look, I've talked to Tony Romo about this. He's like, look, you want to track teams that are going to you know, make it the Super Bowl? Got to have top 10 defense, no matter how good we were on offense. But how does – look, there's egos in that room. How do you handle the fact that, in the preseason at least, people have only talked offense? I like it when people don't talk about us. Um, I mean, uh, it keeps us quiet. And, I mean, we just go out there and do our job. Uh, we're not flashy. Uh, we just love playing football. we got a young group, like you said. And we love playing football with each other, flying around, making plays. So, um, I mean, the less that people talk about us, the better, I think, in my opinion. How many snaps did you get against the Niners? Eleven. Did you get to hit somebody? Yeah. What's that? Who, who, do you know who it was? Uh, it was one of their tight ends and one of their running backs. Um, I don't know the names. What's the feeling like of the first hit of an opponent of the year? Um, I mean, you gotta you gotta knock some rust off, that's for sure. Um, and the way I look at it, I mean, if you're gonna miss tackles, you can miss them now. Uh, so I mean, so, it, so you it's missed con- some tackles. Is what I you're missed saying? my first tackle. Oh, yeah, okay. I did. So, <laughs> and obviously, I it irritates me a lot when uh, I miss a tackle. I take a lot of pride in, in being a sure tackler. So, um, just knocking the rust off and and getting those game reps is important. Okay, it sounds like you've watched the film. It sounds like you're still ticked about it. Give me the play. Give me what happened. How'd you miss the tackle? Um. They were in an inside zone, and I fit my gap, fell back to the B gap, and I had him in my arms, and I just didn't make tackle. That was literally well, you didn't that wrap was up? it. So you didn't make I contact. Didn't. You didn't wrap up. Did he high knee you? No, uh, he kind of just brushed me off. Um, I think I just didn't fit it as hard as I should have fit it. Um, obviously, when you say fit it, what do you mean? Like go in there, yeah. like as hard as I should, yeah. Really um, and like expect, expect, because like I was expecting to make the play in my gap, but he kind of bounced to a different gap, so I just fit that one for it, and uh, he kind of just brushed me off. Uh, I had him in my arms, and I just didn't wrap up good enough. All right, I mean, like, look, like you said, it's better to do it then yep. than, than, <laughs> than 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 do it. Um, you going to Hawaii, right? Yep. You been? I haven't. Uh, okay, you're gonna like. I mean, you guys are only there for a short period of time. Yeah. Have you surfed here? No. Why not? Uh, I just haven't had a chance. I mean, listen, it's not, not that far to get aboard. you gotta, you, you got you to gotta hit a wave at some point. I probably will sooner or later eventually, but uh, probably not in the, not in the, in the near future. Um, we've watched some of Hard Knocks. They, get, they have one particular rookie who uh, I think comes across a little bit annoying. I don't know. And I'm just wondering if there's any annoying rookies that you'd like to like to share, you'd like to call out on national radio. Um, no. Uh, I think we got a, we got a good young group, um, obviously. I mean, the whole team's young. So, uh, I mean, I feel like we bond really well. Yeah, no, it's an, it's an amazing group. Um, it, to, to us in the media, there's a lot of talk about Miami, that, that Miami is a focus of the front office. Do you guys talk about that a lot? Um, no, I mean, we focus on ourselves. We focus on, uh, just doing our jobs, um, getting better at what, and, and getting better at every single area that we can, uh, and focus on what we can control. 
um, just limiting the outside noise and, and everything and just doing us. Well, listen, congrats on doing you last year. Hopefully no more missed tackles in the upcoming preseason. <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Lane Vanderess joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we'll get to the press uh, where we have a special name that team, right? And we have a special name that team. We'll, g- we'll give it to you next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Every day at this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, we usually get to the press. and Instead, this time, a special edition of the press from Cowboys Camp. The press. All right, so instead of the press, uh, Dan Byer wants to do a game called Name That Team. <laughs> it's kind of like Name That Tune. In years past, we did Name That Player with John Ramos. Not that Ryan Music can't handle Name That Player. No, I think that's exactly what it means. <laughs> it's just that Ryan's age precludes him from having a wide array of players to choose from. So, John Ramos, a little bit more seasoned uh We'll just put it that way, so we do uh, name that team. Basically, it's just like name that tune, and if you don't remember name that tune or don't know what it is, Doug and Ryan basically have an auction on who could guess what team in the fewest number of notes or tidbits, and whenever one is thinking that they can't uh, guess the team, they'll challenge the other one to do it on their bid. So we'll start the bidding one point first round. We started at six notes. Ryan Music, we start the bidding off with you. I'll name it in six. I will name it in four. I'll name it in three. Go for it, Ryan. Okay, as a franchise, they once played in a different home stadium in four consecutive seasons. They have twice drafted quarterbacks in the first round this decade, and their team name is one of three in the NFL that uses alliteration. Wow. Alliteration. Okay. Hmm. Man. Do you know it, Doug? Do you know it? I do not. We, you don't know it at all? You're going to take a guess? Uh, well, I am going to take a guess. Just I'm, I'm working through it. I'm working through it here. It's not, you know, it's not the Chargers. They once played in a different home stadium in four consecutive seasons. They twice drafted quarterbacks in the first round this decade. And their team name is one of three in the NFL that uses alliteration. Man. I cannot think of it. I guess I'm gonna. You can't guess a team. I mean, I can guess a team, but I just don't think it's gonna be right. Like the only team I can think of that's played in a different stadium would be the Saints, but that's not alliteration. But whatever, Saints. Okay, it is not the Saints. Do you want to guess, or should I reveal? Uh, the Titans. That is correct. The Tennessee Dang Titans. It. Remember when they they moved from Houston, Houston to yeah. Nashville to, no, to Memphis. Memphis? Yes, Memphis to Nashville, Nashville twice, two different stadiums. Yeah, Vanderbilt Stadium and I was then, trying to think of Nissan. teams that change stadiums, but the alliteration thing was throwing me off. Well, you got Buffalo Bills, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans, Titans, Tennessee yeah. Titans and ah. the two quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, Jake Locker. Yes, remember Jake the Locker Jake Locker of, draft. Yeah. Yes. All right, uh, let's go for two points. Doug Gottlieb leads one to nothing. Doug, we'll start the bidding off with you, starting at six notes. I could do it in three notes. Go ahead. Okay, this team has never had the first overall pick 
in the NFL draft. They are they are the only NFL team to have never worn their white jerseys at home. They led the NFL in rushing last season. Never worn their white jerseys at home. Led the NFL in rushing last season. And they've never had the first overall pick in the NFL draft. The Baltimore Ravens. That is incorrect. It would be. I got it. You got it? Yeah, Seattle Seahawks. That is correct. That is correct. I was going to say retired a jersey number that didn't honor a player because they retired 12s. Uh, Oh, by the way, the note that I left out for the Titans, Zach Mettenberger is 21st all-time in team passing yards. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought that? Uh, The uh, Seahawks also, I left out, became the first NFL team to make the playoffs with a losing record. We got a ball game going to our final team. Ryan Music, we'll start it with you. You are up 2-1 on Doug. I think this is the first one you won. I think Doug won 7-0 at Mm -hmm. the Chargers camp. Uh, The bidding starts with you. Six notes on Guess That Team. I can do it in four. I can do it in three. I can do it in two. Oh, here we go. Come on now. (laughs) Come on now. Okay. They only have seven losing seasons in team history and were once given to Homer Simpson as a gift in an episode of The Simpsons. Oh. Seven. I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. If it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, you will win. Name that team. And the answer is not the Pittsburgh Ah. Steelers. (laughs) Man, The answer was... The Denver Broncos. The Denver oh. Broncos. I had no idea what the Simpsons won. I just tried to think of a team that was been consistently good okay. over a long period of time. What else? The, uh, there was the only retired three numbers in team history: seven, eighteen, and forty-four. Hmm. They are zero and four, wearing an orange jersey in the Super Bowl. Yes. That could have given yeah. it away. Yeah. Uh, they changed their team colors after two years of existence. Remember when they did the AFL thing years back and they yeah. were brown, brown and yellow? Yeah, like only Wyoming t- colors. Yes, exactly. They only spent two years with those colors, then changed to the orange and blue. And then I was going to say play their home games in the Mountain Time Zone, but that would have been that, really that, easy. That would be a, yeah. that'd yeah. Be a dead, dead, dead ringer. Give, Doug dead, wins dead again. Again, and that's hey, the press. I didn't get shut out, though. That's the most important <laughs> thing. Out of everything that's happened at Cowboys press. camp. That was the press. I'm no longer getting skunked. So this is year three at Cowboys camp, and... Uh, two years ago, if you go back, they felt like they had a really good team, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of questions because of the, the Zeke Elliott stuff, right? There were questions because of the Zeke Elliott stuff and, and yet it was Dak's first training camp as officially the guy that was last year. It was, look, we're going to try and create mismatches offensively. It didn't feel like an offensive game plan that people thought would work but they were like trust us it's going to work and it didn't this year i think they feel like they got a really good team and they're just assuming that zeke elliott will eventually be there and it'll all get worked out you guys feel kind of the same in talking to people yeah i I feel that same way two years ago it was just it was so tense there there was the the zeke cloud of of what was going to happen with him right last year i think seemed more laid back i'll say another thing they're about to break camp in two days so they've kind of been through it. You know, like they've already got a game under their belt. I think that, that helps them. Yeah, we usually so do it earlier. Yeah yeah, 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 a little bit earlier. I get a more sense of a, a calm calmness amongst this team, that uh, a belief, if you will. Yeah, Leighton Van Der Esch not happy about his missed tackle in the preseason game. So I, I will say this about the Cowboys. I think they're going to be good. I, I think it's them and the Eagles, obviously, for the division. Um, I frankly think the Eagles are better at quarterback. And... 
I do think the Cowboys have some spectacular skill position, the overall skill position guys, but you got to have Zeke. On the other hand, you got to be careful about overspending on Zeke because he's a running back, and he's also, you know, one fist fight away from getting suspended again because he just does stupid stuff. Like, he just is. And, and, and I, I'm willing to believe the, the, what the Cowboy guys will tell you, which is he's actually a really good guy, but he does stupid stuff. And you do stupid stuff long enough, and eventually stupid stuff catches up to you. I know I've done stupid stuff. So, um, anyway, thanks to the Dallas Cowboys for providing us Leighton Vander Esch and, and uh, who else do we have? Um, Jason, Jason, Witten. Jason Witten. Travis Frederick. And Travis Frederick. Uh, thanks to Fox Sports Radio for sending us to Chargers, Rams, and now the Cowboys. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.